0: Well, welcome. The next section that we're going to be talking about is supporting our spouse to success. And you know it's it's been really interesting this last couple of months. Um, I've been filming three different e-coaching programs overlapping each other. I don't really have too much of a clear, Um, picture moving ahead with the filming as to when each section will be filmed uh, because that's managed by somebody else. They just tell me this is what we're we're turning up to do and I I sort of get a a three week in advance snap peek of what I'm going to be doing and and when I was sent through these topics I had a good old laugh. I'll tell you why is that um, for me my husband has uh, has just been completing probably one of the most challenging certifications that he's ever done uh, he's studied uh, quite a bit since we met, but never to this sort of level of concentrated study. And so when uh, the topic was uh, supporting your spouse to success, I had a good old belly laugh because had I had to uh, record that probably 10 days ago, I think it would have been impossible. Um, it was very, very challenging. And so I really want to talk today from from a place of empathy, from sympathy um, for any spouse that's there that has sort of put themselves out of their comfort zone in order to get the family to move to the next level now usually it would be me that would be stretching and studying and achieving and it would be my partner kent who um, would be the one supporting and so for us to flip roles has been absolutely fascinating because um, i guess we'd always taken for granted what the other person naturally did and so this way we got to experience what it was like to um, to have that role reversal and i encourage that you do that at some stage in your business career um, because it's really um, helped me appreciate him a lot more, and certainly um, made me understand just how much you have to step up when you're when you're managing the home environment and um, not trying to burden that other person, but secretly quite exhausted um, because there's there's not a lot of breaks, you know there's so many things to be done. So um, so as I said, I mean this is a really interesting topic because I'll be coming at it from a different angle than what I would have imagined when I wrote the original program. So the first observation that, uh, that I would say is they're no fun anymore. Okay, so that's the topic that we're going to look at, they're just no fun anymore. So we're used to having this person that we might have met originally um, and we're attracted to uh, for all of the right reasons and then we get into business and then business gets challenging and then we try to stretch and expand and and go for different targets or different goals and all of a sudden the focus goes off the fun and the spontaneity and, you know, the relationship has to become quite structured, especially if you have uh, family and uh, children and other team members Um, and it can suck the enthusiasm out of each of the people and I think we all get to a point where we start to question whether or not you know, this is the whole meaning. Is this what we got into this deal for? And certainly I think that's very normal. The first thing to acknowledge is that, you know, sometimes you have to actually schedule in a bit of downtime, a bit of fun. And so work to some short, sharp uh, deadlines in a week so that you do give yourselves a couple of hours every single week where you can go back to that couple time, you know, where you can actually have a dinner or an afternoon tea or a lunch or, or just some time where you catch a glimpse of that person um, back in their, in their natural environment as such. And really the best advice that I can give you here is to really talk it through. Um, we went through a period of, about 10 days ago where um, there was, I guess the energy that we were using was more sarcastic and um, usually I find sarcasm quite funny. Um, I've never really been a person to get too um, pedantic about humor and how it's used, but I have to say that um, this sarcasm that was coming out was at a whole different um, vibration, was, <laughs> would be how I'd describe it, because, because I was on the receiving end of it and I was already out of my comfort zone and doing as much as I could to support somebody, that um, when a couple of little snide remarks came my way, it actually ended up magnifying in my mind. Um, to the point where I really started to um, um, have that sarcastic thought going round and round my mind and justifying why it was that I was the way I was. Okay, so um, I I would like to challenge you as well to have a think about how you speak to your spouse and when you're stressed, what is the natural... Uh, tonality that you use. What's the what is the type of um, talking that comes out when you're under pressure? Um, because I think that when you're supporting somebody who is under pressure, we need to give them quite a bit of slack, and that was certainly our intention when we started a conversation with a little bit of sarcasm. But what I found was that it actually hit um, hit at a level for me that cut right quite quick, deeply to the bone, and we had to address it and acknowledge what was happening. And, you know, from that conversation, we just decided that, you know, people may be laughing, but they don't really think it's funny. Okay. And that, I've heard that before from a mentor about sarcasm. And um, and I'd have to agree, I'd never been on the receiving end um, quite so clearly to understand what that message was. And so, you know, what I found was that you know, the funniness of of somebody, the the humour disappeared as soon as the pressure was on in the relationship. And so, you know, there's that feeling then of um, being, you know, just that that person that's turning into um, the negative one um, or, uh, you know, someone who is always picking up. yeah pretty much the the negative tone and for me when I'm not having fun with what I'm doing then I don't want to do it and so for 10 days we kind of danced around playing a little bit of a game of anger a little bit of a game of resentment a little bit of a game of um lose-lose and um and I think that you know once again in in every relationship there's there comes a time when you will be challenged to the next level and so you know, what I really want to um, address at this session is who is supporting whom and how are you supporting each other because if you can get the roles really, really clear and define what the time frames are very, very clearly, then um, it becomes a lot easier when, when you understand what each of you need to be doing. So that's the first thing that I'd ask you to do is rank each other now on how fun you are to live with. Okay? So rank yourself first out of 10, pen and paper, okay? And then rank what your partner is, how much fun are they to live with. And there's no need to show each other. But when you do that, just realize that is the first process of being accountable. And so I guess what I started to realize is that the words that were coming out of my mouth or the story that was coming out of my mouth um, was actually magnifying the issues. And so I had to change my story. Firstly, I needed to get into a strict routine. If I was going to support Kent in what he was doing, then I needed to understand where I needed support. And if it wasn't going to come from him, then I had to have a team around me of people that could support me. And so I wrote a short list and I thought, right, well, I need a girlfriend, I might need two of those, I need family members, um, you know, I might need um, some play dates with the kids, I might need a babysitter support, I might need um, help with the cleaning at a certain period of time. Um, you know, different, different parts of, of support came in all different areas, but getting the home front right was the most important one at that moment. Then in terms of um, running my companies, so, um, you know, you take the main player, the main support person out of the out of the team for, you know, five or six months and then, you know, you realise that, wow, I have taken that person for granted. And so certainly in business there needed to be a lot more structure um, because your energy levels are going to go up and down. And so what I was finding was that I was constantly running on adrenaline or serotonin and so I was going into some manic states where then I couldn't sleep at night and so I was up pacing around at night time because I was so out of my comfort zone and so I really want to share with you you know what has been going on because I think it's really important that um, that somebody acknowledges Um, what's going on for them as individuals so that it can start a conversation that can actually move you to the next level. So certainly for me what was keeping me up at night was a pressure for thinking that I had let the team down because I had started the conversation of each following our own dreams and our own passions and uh, and then suddenly what I'd realized was I'd I'd literally caged myself in so I had been very very happy doing what I was doing but when I changed direction and um, allowed um, for Kent to go and do what he wanted to do somehow I had then caged myself in and so that was fine for a short period of time but when that time frame started to extend, and we're going to talk about that later on, it started to um, really challenge me because it felt as if, um, you know, for whatever reason that, that I shouldn't have been doing that role. And it doesn't matter what the reasons were, it, um, effectively what happens is I would go into a scarcity mindset or a lack mindset and once that sets in then everything starts to shed. And so it's important that we catch ourselves as quickly as possible when we go into that mindset. For me, it normally takes two or three days, and then the process takes about six or seven days to work itself through because these aren't small emotions that we're talking to, and I've been dealing with these emotions for probably eight or nine years. So it was, it's a fairly quick process when you get good at it. But the first thing you need to recognize is what the emotion is. And for me, it was certainly resentment, um, jealousy, anger stress, exhaustion, tiredness, um, financial pressure. Um, And then once you're in that mindset, then of course that's now going to be the lens with which you view the world. And so therefore um, children that hadn't been sick become sick, Um, bills that hadn't been coming in come in, (laughs) you know, all sorts of things start to crumble in on top until we actually recognise the pattern. And can break the pattern. Now how do we break the pattern? Well, what generally works for me is that first I need to acknowledge it. And so there's some certain signs that will crop up being, you know pressure, um, awake at night feeling of anxiousness or tears or you know i just want to get out or i need a break things like that so the first thing you need to do is find somebody who is outside of the situation for me it was never any good going and voicing this straight away to kent because remember this is about supporting your partner so i knew that all that would do would put a big handbrake on what he was doing and um and that would defeat the whole purpose because if i just could keep it all together for a short period of time that period would be over. So I think you know that's where the goal setting is really important and so you need to have very, very clear goals of, of the timelines of which you're going to be supporting each other and what are the rewards in doing that. So for me I have a, a group of people that uh, that work with me as coaches, as um, health professionals, chiropractors, kinesiologists, other um, you know mentors. Um, that I've picked up along the way and generally what I'll find is by scrolling through my phone I'll get a feeling for well who is it that I need right now who do I need to go and have a cup of tea with who do I need to go and blow off steam with and so part of that supporting the spouse it's important that I could find somebody that was aligned with where I was and so I could get some helpful advice because the purpose of going and talking to someone isn't um, you know to go and have a good old gossip and, and make it even worse the idea is to go and seek some advice or some counsel from somebody who's walked that path. And so you know this is very much about when we have an alignment as a couple and we're recognising that we're no fun or that our partner's no fun, remember they are, are just them and you're the only one that you can control. And so it's all about your experience. And so if you can continue just to be able to create every single day a better experience and understand by taking ownership in what your experience is, that you're going to be able to get back on that path and you know, have as much fun whether or not they're doing anything with you or not with you. And so I guess that was the first step that I had to take after catching up with this friend, was to say, look, this is my end goal. It sits with my values of, you know, of why I had been challenged or more challenged in the past and why we'd gone down this path. So I was still congruent with the, the ideas or the concept of supporting my spouse into success, but I had to remind myself of, hang on a minute, why am I doing this? Once I got to the why, then I had to understand, well, what, what is really challenging me? What aspects are getting out of control? And then who could possibly help me when is the best time to be able to get that help, and then how is that going to move ahead? How's that gonna move forward? So if you take yourself through those, uh, that order of question, which is, you know, why first? Why am I doing this? Why am I supporting my spouse? What's in it for me? What is it that I'm needing exactly? All right, so it might be a bit more control, it might be three hours of quiet time, it might be a whole day on, on your own, it might be a dinner with your spouse, it might be some fun time. Like get really, really clear what it is, who it is that needs to help you. So if it's um, time out, well then, you know, what needs to happen to be able to make that happen. And then the next question around the timing is when when do you need this when is appropriate because sometimes you can build it up so that you you feel as if you're under so much pressure that you can't support this person but if somebody says okay well let's take the weekend off and it's tuesday that's enough brightness of future to get through wednesday thursday and friday okay so the when doesn't necessarily need to be immediately it could also be okay four weeks from now you get an entire week off Well, four weeks, a whole week, right, well, then that's worth digging in and and getting it done. So this is where I think the strategy comes into um, recognizing the fact that, you know, let's say, for example, um, you've absolutely decided that you're going to support this person. You made that decision you're following through on that decision you've ranked that person as three or two out of ten in terms of how much fun are they to live with and therefore you've ranked yourself maybe two or three out of ten as well and so how can each of you get four or five points on the fun um, for yourself what would have to happen without including the other person for you to get back into your flow of enjoyment and so that you can start to set the pace on that and um and i think that you know the first thing that that happened for me was to um start to to get back into my rituals or my routines of what it was that I enjoyed and getting very, very strict um, around those routines. And so going back to the habits of a default diary and setting a schedule for, you know, every different aspect of what I needed to do in the support role in business and also in, in home life. And as soon as that structure came back in and I knew when my free time was and that was on a daily basis, then I would use that free time quite selfishly to top myself up alright so that's the first thing we need to be a little bit selfish in this aspect to be able to say okay what is it that I need now let's imagine that you're now the person that is running the business and you're taking huge growth steps over this next you know six months to two years and so now we're looking at it from the opposite angle which is i'm working so hard i get home and that person's no fun um you know to come home to and there is no fun in the environment so why would i want to come home okay i've experienced that as well it seemed that um, life was actually better when i wasn't there things would go smoother in routines and with children and all that sort of stuff and so there wasn't that feeling that i could actually even support anybody in the house or be there um, to contribute. And so that was challenging as well, certainly from a working mother's perspective. And so what's something that we can look at from that point of view? Well, first, uh, firstly, it's having a look at the person that you are supporting, put yourself in their shoes. Okay, so what is it that they are needing? And when are they needing it by? And so, you know, keeping away from those emotions of resentment or anger is actually having a look at how reasonable that request is. How reasonable is the request based on the outcome? And for me, what I used to do was I would um, have a very simple equation, which is anything that was contributed was better than nothing that was contributed. Okay, so I used to play scenarios out in my mind, which was if I had to live all on my own, and do everything, then it would be great if anybody came and did anything. So therefore I need to appreciate the person that I'm living with whenever they do anything. And I don't know if that um, sort of rings a bell for you, but um, I've shared that with a lot of clients and it it really does make a lot of sense when you look at it from that point of view. So instead of starting um, from 100% and working backwards to your ideal, you start from 0% and you start to work up. To say well okay this is what i would have if i was all alone zero percent contribution and this is actually the good parts this is what i love about the support that i'm getting currently and it might start as simple as, well, you know, they're there to um, put the bin out. Uh, they're there to talk to at the end of the day. There's somebody there to be able to um, pop down the shop and, and get two litres of milk. You know, really, really basic things. And I think that when, when we are a couple, you know, and there's a lot of emotion that's cropping up, then the first person that is available to, um, to attack is going to be the person who knows us the best because there's the least amount of walls that we erect for that person. So therefore a perfect stranger would usually encounter better behaviour and more fun if they ran into us than the person that we've chosen to live with. And so that's the next concept that I want you to start thinking about is, if um, you were living in an environment such as you are right now, and there was a stranger that had come to live with you, would you actually up your level of behaviour? Would you increase your manners? Would you tidy up more? What would actually change if you had a mother-in-law come and stay or a mother to come and stay? What if you had a guest, somebody that you went to high school with? how would your behavior shift? And so certainly, you know, the question that you need to be looking at when you look at that scenario just for yourself is, if that's how you would shift if there was, you know, a stranger in your house, and I noticed this when we had a full-time domestic PA, we had somebody come in and, and pretty much do whatever we didn't feel like doing for the day, whether that was cleaning or, you know, looking after the kids or shopping or cooking or washing up or bath time or whatever it was, we just had somebody there for a a seven month period when it was very, very stressful with two little babies. And um, we realised that when um, she was there, we were nicer to each other. (laughs) We found that we um, contributed more. We found that the energy was very relaxed with the children because there was three adults and two small children. So it changed the entire dynamic and then as soon as um, we were back into our own environment then those standards tended to drop again now it's nice to have your own space i'm not saying that you need to have somebody a witness there at all times but it was just good to recognize the contrast and to realize that we had lowered our expectations of ourselves because our expectation when there was people there was completely different and so you know in that first part of your relationship i'm sure there was a lot more um manners and a lot more courtesy that that is shown to each other than what tends to happen when you've been together for 10 15 years and uh, and so it's just really interesting to start to acknowledge that that okay let's firstly have a look at you know um, where our behavior is in terms of the fun factor then as well is to start to actually um, prioritize it so we had it for a period of time you know wednesday night was you know cordoned off in both of our diaries and this was the night that we didn't book out for anybody else that was our night that we'd have together date night okay so and we put together we were absolutely um, investing all of our um income in learning at that stage education and business And so we had a whole bunch of ideas that were under $10 put into a a box and you could pull it out and and then that's what you'd go and do. Now um, that's the idea, I've had lots of couples um, that do that and they only need to do it a couple of times just to get into the rhythm of of realising, wow, it's very deliberate. But if you um, actually plan something so that you know on Wednesday morning what are you doing on Wednesday night. you'll find that it actually um, increases the energy for that entire day and you know what do they call Wednesday's hump day so halfway through the week so you realise okay it's Wednesday and then we've got Wednesday night planned then we just got to get through Thursday and then it's Friday and um, you know the bulk of the work has been done so I think that you know it gets you into a rhythm of making sure that there is a pocket of fun that is injected into the week um, something that's a little bit different perhaps um, and you have that variety there as well so i think that um you know when you're supporting your spouse to success there there's really your major things to consider which which comes back to that why okay so why why is it it that it's important if we're choosing to do life together that that other person is happy. And for me, you know, it was, it was pretty clear that um, I had chased a lot of my life goals um, quite selfishly because that was how I was always brought up. You know, you just, if you want to do something, you just go and do it. And not everybody is like that. And so generally I think that these people naturally marry people that um, tend to be uh, more the supportive style of behavior. And so, you know, for me I, I really wanted to acknowledge that, that, um, that I had achieved so much in such a short period of time um, simply because of the willingness of, of my spouse and therefore it was their turn. And that was as simple as the decision was, why, why would I do that, why would I, um, you know, perhaps um, swap roles. Originally it was uh, that I felt as if I'd created a, a dream life for that person that they weren't necessarily making them any happier and so therefore you know that wasn't taking us down the right path but as this process has gone through I think the acknowledgement that um that has become really, really clear between the two of us is that so often we imagine that our dreams are being stolen or that we can't achieve things because we're trapped or, you know, it's just not possible. And I think as a couple, you have to make these uh, decisions to be able to say, okay, well, there's going to be certain periods of our life where there may be some sacrifices we're willing to make. You know, but if those sacrifices end up pushing you into an energy that is a martyrdom energy you know and I think that you know when we understand that that martyr energy is well I couldn't possibly do anything I need to do this and the tonality drops the energy drops and you create a bit of a void and people then want to avoid you and so being a martyr about supporting your spouse then um, isn't helpful and I think that catching myself in that in that space Um, the question that we ask is well what's the opposite you know so if you're if you're not a martyr then what are you and so you know the the exact opposite of a martyr would be a saint what does a saint do A saint is a leader a saint is someone who's empowered a saint is somebody who um, you know decides that they're going to have follow-through and expectation and so when you're an empowered leader um, you stay away from that victim road and you move more onto a road of ownership. And so, you know, that was certainly the big transition that I needed to have, was start to look at what, um, what patterns were coming through. And um, it made me realise that, you know, as youngest of six children, there was an energy there that was never enough, there's never enough, you know, you learn that when you're probably quite little and there's eight people trying to get the food from the middle of the table, is that quick, you better grab quick because there's never enough. Um, And so certainly that energy is helpful, makes you quite competitive, it makes you want to get out there in the marketplace and grab as much as you can, as quickly as you can. But there comes a time when you need to realise that there is no competition in your life. In fact, any kind of comparison that you're doing with others is really going to rob you of joy. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help the other person. And so for me, you know, supporting my spouse, it wasn't um, anything then other than a contribution that I could make that was going to enable them to be able to move closer towards their goals. So therefore, I needed to make sure that I was empowered in that decision and move myself towards you know, some other home-based goals whilst I was in that support role. And so, you know, with clarity comes power. And as soon as you're clear with what it is that you want to achieve, then you're able to step into that. And it's a whole different energy when you feel as if, okay, I'm doing this but I'm not a martyr when I'm telling people about it. I don't want any sympathy. Um, I've made these decisions. These, is the, these are the action steps that we're taking to move ourselves forward for them. And this is the timing of which it's going to play out now you know the obstacles are going to crop up and change that timing of course that's going to happen but part of being empowered is to look for the solutions always looking for the solutions and so i encourage you as you're going through this week to start to really do a little bit of a tally of you know wh- how much fun are you how are you contributing some fun to other people's lives are you feeling like you're having fun are other people contributing fun to you have you scheduled fun in? Do you know what it is you're meant to be doing? What are your expectations? And certainly to lift that energy to the next level. So enjoy the week and we'll catch up again next week.